You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Hey, Luke. Hey, Steve. Hey. Hey. It's good to be the team's back together. We're here. We're back. We're... Are we going to dive into something today? We're going to do something new today. <laughs> we are? Yeah. We're going to dive? Are we going to dive? Maybe. We'll okay. see. Maybe I'll have a new phrase for a new year. <laughs> 2024, huh? Yeah. That seems like a very long time, a very long time from when we were born, Steve. Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. 2024. 2024. In the year 2024. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Never mind. You know that song? I don't. In the year 2025. 20, In the year. It's not 55, a very good song. 55. It's going to talk about everybody dying and stuff. So we're not going to talk about that. Most of your songs are kind of morbid or strange. Or <laughs> That's growing oh, up in most. the 60s and most. 70s. Yeah. I know. Talk about trying no, to put no, Americans no, down. No, okay, no, so, no. It wasn't Americans. Not I mean, Americans. I mean, the songs, the, the songs was, that you we, bring into the podcast always seem to have like if odd meanings. Lena, has anybody yeah. seen him? You talking about that one? Betty, the, yeah, or Lola, or we had Lola. Lola. Yeah, yeah, we, we do Lola. Yeah, she did. Yeah. We did. Did yes. you ever have to finally decide? Yeah. And yeah. What was the? What was? The, is that the one you guys said? That's about a dis- deciding between two women, wasn't it? Yeah, it was two si- guys deciding between two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were raised in the 60s. Yeah. It was I, a different I read time. the verses. I was like, oh, this, this is. <laughs> she smoked pot through the 70s, so. At least the second. And then Jesus. Then Jesus, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, then, for this uh, new year, new season, we're going to start uh, something new. We're going to be going through one of Steve's books that he wrote called In His Likeness. So they're great. Each week will be a, another chapter. That's cool. But before we go into today's chapter, would you just like to tell us a little bit? about the book as an overview, Steve, and what your heart was in writing it. Well, in his likeness is really the description of the word Christian. And so, are you a Christian? Is he Christian? Is that Christian? Is this business? It's a Christian business. Well, it's very difficult to have anything be Christian except a human being. Hmm. And it really is the little anointed one Hmm. after the anointed one. And Christian starts, obviously, with the word Christ. And so really, you're calling yourself a Christian. Hmm. You are a Christ. You're named after Christ. You're named after Mm -hmm. Christ. And so the whole process of born again, the process of him living in me, to conform me to the image of God's Son is that I would live, eat, and breathe in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so I started this book, and this is a book that um, for me was miraculous in the writing. I, I wanted a shorter book, something you know you didn't have to invest months in. Mm. And um, I wanted to explain this as clearly as I could. So I was actually on a vacation and just... And the thing just, I just wrote the whole thing. There's other books I've written that took a great deal longer. Mm. I felt I felt that this was a download from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, really. A way to say it. Say what I've always known and believed. And when I was young, I heard 
the vicar of Christ to describe the leader of the religion I had when I was a kid. Mm. And they said he was the replacement for Christ on the earth. Yeah, they did. And when he spoke, so a lot of people will ask, how come he can say something that's opposite of the Bible and they will claim it because he is the Christ on the face of the earth, according to them. And I was thinking of the word and how arrogant it is to call yourself the replacement for Christ on the earth. When at the same time, describing to people what a Christian is supposed to be, because what the word means, Mm. Christian means little anointed one, Christian, a a Christ follower, a Christ Mm. imitator. And the word disciple of Christ means a Christ imitation. So a Christian is someone imitating. A disciple is someone who has is is an imitation. Hmm. Okay, so and that's good. Say that again. A Christian is someone who's imitating. You're like imi- like you're, your, a child imitates her father. A, yeah, like and that a, kind? yeah, yeah. Like you see, and you but a but a disciple is someone who's becoming a twin. They're becoming. Oh, that's good. They are they are the likeness of Christ on the earth. And I started thinking about the word uh, vicar, and I thought, wait a minute. I'm kind of, I was always kind of a little put off by one man calling himself the vicar. Mm -hmm. And I realized everybody that calls himself a Christian should aspire to vicar. We should all, the whole idea of I go to prepare a place for you and I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Mm. I think it's the ascension into heaven. He tells them that I will come back to you. And when you have received the Spirit, you'll receive power from on high. He said, you'll go and do these things. You know, you'll preach the gospel. You'll lay your hands. You'll cast out demons. You'll, you'll be a miracle-working, demon-commander, storm-calming kind of guy if you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so it's like, well, that's what Jesus was, a demon-commanding, storm-calming healer. Yeah. You know, he, he, he walked in authority. And it just dawned on me, that's what we're all supposed to be. And Paul the Apostle was pretty clear about it in that we're being conformed into the image of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And so I realized we should all be the replacement. All as a whole, actually, the way Paul describes it, each church should be the replacement for Jesus. That's good. All of us together with all of our gifts and talents should be at least as gifted as he is. Wow. And so... Um, we're supposed to be the power of God on the earth, the mm. replacement for Christ. He left, came back to live in us. And so replacement might be a little bit wrong, but I don't know how else to say it. We are we are the living Christ on the earth. Yeah. Only Jesus they're going to see. Yeah, the yeah. only Jesus people are going to come in contact with. And I think that um, the apostles were pretty mad about people who called themselves Christians but did not live the teachings of Jesus Christ. He right. said, uh, I think it was John said, I wish they'd mutilate themselves. Wow. I, wish, I mean, I, honestly, you're perverting the most holy thing that ever happened on planet earth. Nothing like this has ever happened. God became flesh. Come on. He, he was crucified, died and was buried. And on the third day conquered death and paid the penalty for our sins and made a way, a bridge for us back to the father. So we could have a father in heaven. He talks about his father in heaven all the time. He's trying to tell them, be like me, you can have a father in heaven. More proof that we're supposed to be Christ on the earth. We're supposed to live in his likeness. 
We're supposed to look like him, act like him, speak like him, say what he said, do what he did. And I'm, I guess I am a little frustrated with me because the demons don't always obey me. Hmm. They do a lot, but they don't always. And I don't always heal the sick. And he always did. Hmm. So all that really means to me, and, and I don't always know the answer. And he was always full of wisdom and grace and mercy. And I, and I, I know the answer way more now than ever before. And so I think about that. Man, I've come far. I've, I've come far. I've grown a lot. Mm -hmm. And let me, let me look at my life. And, I've, uh, you know, when I was just letting it happen like osmosis, like paint drying, you know, it just naturally dries. My life's going to naturally turn into him. <laughs> I, I realized that since the day I came to these revelations of I should be the vicar, I'm supposed to be the Christ they see. I'm supposed to be the demonstration of God on the earth. It's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to let him take over my body like the Good. invasion of the body snatchers. I'm supposed to let him take over me and be him to the world. Yeah. And with my levels of selfishness still acting up in me, I don't necessarily allow him. I'm a... I'm somewhat of a roadblock to him, him doing that. And uh, I would like, I would like to be the vicar of Christ. And I think that since I had this revelation, I am way, way farther down the road than I was when I was just letting it drift me mm -hmm. and hoping it would happen. But when I intelligently and intentionally, intentionally. decided I want to act like Jesus, mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to keep getting mad at people. I don't. He got mad at people. I want, but when I do it, I want to know it's right, like he was, <laughs> like he was right. You yeah. know, and I'm not always right when I get mad, yeah. and I won't always be right. I want. I just want to be right. I want to do it right. I want to be like. I thank him every day for his kindness and his goodness and his his life in me. And I want to be kind and good. And I want my life to be a blessing around people. You know, I want to be a blessing to the world because I want to be him. And that's what the first chapter is. Is It's about the vicar of Christ and how, how I'm supposed to be as the vicar of Christ. And then it, it talks about some of the, you know, we talk about it that um, in John chapter 14, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode in him. I mean, chapter one, verse one, uh, Point of the spear, tip of the pyramid, you know, num numero uno in principles. Yeah. If you love me and you keep his word, he will make his abode in you. Wow. My father and I will love him. Now, there's the unconditional love the whole world gets, like air to breathe and beauty and, and just the nature of gravity and all the good things, the cool breezes. Everybody gets the love of God in those ways. The senses, the things our bodies feel pleasure in that he gave us, you know, yep. the male-female relationship. But this is all the love of God. And so, but this this one that says, if you love me, you'll keep my word. If, what, and, my fa and my father will love you. It's like, that sounds like an if. Mm. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. This is a little bit different than the ocean breeze and the and the beauty of, of landscapes and the sunsets and the 
the, the, the universe's hugeness and the, the, the majesty of God being seen in the universe, you know. And we will come to him, the person obeying, the person who's loved, the person who loves, and make our abode with him. I just, this is so, this is so profound. You know, um, Paul in Corinthians wrote, no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid. Again. There's only one foundation, yeah. the chief cornerstone. That's one of his names, chief cornerstone, rock of my salvation, the rock on which I stand, the rock he's building his church on. No man can lay another foundation except which has already Come been on. laid. And then he says, which is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine if 110 million people in America claim to be Christians, Christians, disciples of Jesus Christ or vicars, replacements for Christ on the earth, and that 110 million people believe this, that, that, you know, no other foundation can be laid and they stood on the rock. They stood on the declaration that Jesus is the Christ and they loved and obeyed him and he made his home in them. Can you imagine that any of what's ailing the world today, this insanity that we live in today compared to just 40 years ago? The world has changed to an insane level of selfishness and self-absorption and my way is the only way kind of thing. It's just so weird. Can you imagine what the world would be like if professed disciples of Christ made it their life's desire to live in the likeness of Jesus Christ? Wow. That's really good. You know, the word vicar, kind of like when you say it, it kind of puts me off a little bit. You know, it just feels like an old English yeah. Catholic word, mm -hmm. whatever, you know. You guys have vicars in England, too, don't you? Yes. And uh, and it's like, so, but it's a representative of Christ, right, Steve? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think as, you, as you're talking about that, the, the disciple and the, um, what was the disciple and the, what was the other one? Christian? Yeah. Christian. The imitation, yeah. And the twin. Imitation yeah. and then and the twin. The, yeah. And the what? And then the twin. And then the twin. Disciple yeah. a twin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian is a follower. I think you start as a Christian. You start as a um, an imitator. You know, when you get saved, you start like a baby, right? Mm -hmm. So you're imitating like a um, a baby would imitate everything. That's how they yeah. learn. Everything it sees. Everything it yeah. sees, and it's like it's yes. not really they're not really responsible for for you know for what they do in the mm -hmm. beginning, but then you need to become a disciple, which is a twin. Which so you can't so the world should not be able to see where you end begin or end and Jesus begins and ends. There should be like a Siamese twins kind of thing, mm -hmm. where I, I was really struck by that. It's like it's, it seems like it's a progression of that's where you start it, as you start as a Christian, but you you, you don't remain there. You of course you're a Christian. It's, you're named after Jesus, but to become a replica, I think I don't know if you right. use that word, replica of Jesus. Yeah. A ba like a baby will pick up like a toy phone and pretend to make a phone call. Correct. But if a, a mature person crazy. was still playing with a baby phone and couldn't make a real crazy. phone call, that'd be a problem. We think it was crazy. Right. So grow into yeah. 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 So so, in it. Yeah. I think that's a great chapter. It's like, it's like you know, I just having this revelation of everyone should be started as, yeah. as Christians and we should remain Christians and imitators mm -hmm. of Christ. However, it needs to bump up and, and like a baby with a phone, like you said. We need to keep bumping up yeah. to be a disciple. Yeah. A disciple and a vicar. And I yeah. think that's really good. And that, that brings me to one of the thoughts I was having too, which is I think that whether it was due to the early, like the, the church, uh, the Catholic church or other 
organizations over the years where the idea of the vicar was just the one person that was the leader that had the final Correct. say. And even down into churches now, a lot of us think, well, the pastor is the one that's responsible for being uh-huh. the holy man or the representative of Christ. And my, I just kind of go to the church and live my life. But what you're describing, Steve, is a responsibility for each believer, right? Right. To be the to be a rep- representation representative of Christ. That's so good because it, I think that's yeah. such a misnomer, or a Mister Nomer. Yeah. I don't know if it's misnomer or Mister Nomer. But I think it's miss. <laughs> I think everything that's negative is miss, mistake, yes, that's right. that's misspoken, right. yeah. misrepresentative. Finally, you get it. And it's all about it's all a sex. Actually, my sexist. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, but. Um, I think that's the misnomer we have right now in in our churches in you know England and mm-hmm. America. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I sit here, you entertain me, I, you you bring the words, and I'm not really responsible for anything besides coming to church and checking that off the box. And, and we grew up, Steve and I grew up in that in that religious mindset that that was a bucket list. Mm-hmm. That was our that was our weekly thing is that we go to church on Sunday. And it doesn't matter how we lived on Monday through through Saturday. So this is takes the personal responsibility to another um, level, does it not? Yeah. Yeah. I think that John, um, in chapter 13, in the 34, he says, love one another as I have loved, even as I have loved you. Mm. And that's a little bit of a, you know, a cheap version of that verse, because really what it is, is this I command you, Mm. this commandment I give to a new commandment Mm -hmm. I give to you. And so you really want to add that. Like when it says, uh, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Mm -hmm. Well, this is his word. Yeah. I've asked hundreds. Recently, I've asked two auditoriums full of people, what did Jesus command us? Mm-hmm. And they're all thinking about it. And I said, most of you would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And around the, the whole crowd was shaking their head, mm-hmm. yes. The whole crowd going like this. I mean, their heads bobbing everywhere. Yes, with a Mm -hmm. yes nod, right? And I said, but if you said that, you'd be wrong. Because that's not what Jesus commanded Mm us. He was answering somebody who asked, what's the greatest commandments in the law? And he said, if you do these things, you'll fulfill the law. These two things fulfill the whole law and the prophets. And it's, you know, shocking. Everyone in the crowd is looking at each other. They're grabbing their phones and their Bibles to look it up. I said, he, what he said was a new commandment I give you. This I command you, that you okay. love one another even as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different standard than love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, it's an impossible standard. I have to tell you that with my self-preservation born in me from my creation from God, I have a fight or flight. I have a, a, a struggle to live. I have an incredible struggle to stay alive in me. And to lay my life down the way Jesus laid his life down for me, to forfeit places of power the way he forfeited mm-hmm. places of power, to expend my all of my energy and days on other people, it's, it's, it's an impossible standard. But he says, if you obey me, what's he talking about? If you obey my word, well, that's the word he's talking about. Love one another as I have loved you. It's the only commandment Jesus gave. And I talk to people all the time and they they really don't know the standard that Jesus called them to do. And I think only people who choose to will ever grow in their likeness of Christ. Mm. 
Say it again. They can grow. Any only people who choose to grow good. will ever grow. You have to say, I want to grow really good. in his likeness. I want my actions to speak louder than my words. I want my beliefs to be in line with his beliefs. I want to know what he says. I want to know what he taught. Another thing I asked, how many, what does the Bible say it takes to be saved? 100%. And I'm talking, you can't believe how many. I mean, same auditoriums. And all the heads are bobbing yes when I say most of you would say, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. And 100% are going bobbing their heads. (laughs) You set them up. And I say, but it also says 13, and if you, you know, give a few verses that mean this, but don't say it exactly, you'd have 16 times where it says, he who overcomes to the end will be be saved. saved. He who perseveres to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. And it's like, they have no clue it teaches that. And I'm like, so... That means it doesn't mean that believe and confess isn't true. It just means that believe and confess might be something different than what you've decided in 21st century Western culture. Mm. It means it means something different than when we say we believe and when we say we confess. It must mean that our life actions must agree with our words and be more powerful than our words for us to actually claim confession and belief. The branches that bear no fruit will be cut off. In He says, any branch in, in me, me will be cut off that don't bear fruit. Well, bearing fruit must have some level of important. answer to the do I believe question. The oil in the lamp for the bridesmaids, five left out, weeping and gnashing teeth. Oil in your lamp must have some portion in the answer, some opinion. It must have some influence to the answer. Do you believe and do you confess? And so these things all have to be taken into consideration, but I'm not even asking those things. I'm asking, what does Jesus say? And it's, you know, way more often, like way more often, he says, he who endures to the end, he who believes, what he's saying is he who believes and confesses to the end. Wow. Confess me before my father. You, I'll confess you. Confess me before men. I'll confess you before my father. Yeah. Must have something to do with to the end. Right, and we I think we talked about that on our last last episode. The idea of the man, on, the thief on the cross. Right. Yeah. His, oh yeah, yeah. His, his confession was to the end. It wasn't an, yeah. an, at, his end. at much risk. His confession right? yeah. caused his end to yeah. come quicker. <laughs> yeah. 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 And more painful. Yeah. Yes. And so this love one another as I have loved you. You know. It's like, that would mean we had to be Christ-like in our love. That would mean we'd have to be in his likeness in our love. What I just talked about, believe, has to be, we have to be Christ-like in our belief. Jesus did not just say he believed. He did not say, I believe, that's over. Abracadabra. He did not do that. No, he laid his life down. And, you know, the vision of him just walking into a room and healing everybody. I think it took more than the minute it took me to read that verse. I think it took him a little bit more time to heal everybody. Mm. First, he had to walk to that region, which when you look on a map and you see what the Bible says he traveled, it's a long walk. Yeah. And it's really good. And then it's an all day deal. Mm-hmm. They didn't just say, you know, for a minute, Jesus healed everybody. He said, everybody, I'm going to wave my hand over. You're all healed. No, it honestly, historically, he, he went to each person and healed them. 
many, I mean, the people we see him heal, the I, I, the I, um, individuals we see him heal, he, converse, he converses right. with them. What, what do you yeah. want God to do for you? Um, you know, the man, the man, man you're living with now is not your husband. Yeah, woman and, of the well, yeah. Yeah. The people he can talk, he talked to him. Mm-hmm. He communicated. And so I think what to be Christian or to be disciple or to be vicar, you have to be someone who imitates, who becomes like. You can hardly tell the difference between him and you. Wouldn't that be nice? And that's so... Oh, gosh. When I realize that's not really me, mm-hmm. it's kind of desperate. Like, well, I want it to be me. I want more than anything for it to be me. And I, I know for me, there's no way I would want that unless I really loved who he is. Yeah. I don't want to be like him unless I really like who he is. Because you imitate him. And, I, and that makes it possible that I love, I love who Jesus is. Yeah. I love what he yeah. does, what he says how he is, how he responds. I love his mercy. Sometimes I wish he would tell them off. <laughs> and sometimes he does tell them off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he calls them names. Mm-hmm. And other times he tells people really hard things about cutting off hands and eyes because it's better to go to heaven without hands and eyes than it is to go to hell with all your hands and eyes. Mm-hmm. And what he's meaning, stop sinning. Yeah. And so I want to imitate that. I want, yeah. I want that to be the intention of my soul. I want to live that intentionally and not to sin. And to obey. And so when you get done coming to the conclusion that, yes, I want to be in his likeness. That's why the name of the book is In His Likeness. You come to the conclusion, I want to be in his likeness. Mm -hmm. I want to live in his likeness, eat in his likeness, walk in his likeness, talk in his likeness. Well, my actions to speak louder than my words. I intend to never sin again. I intend to represent Jesus. What are you doing that for? Because I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I want to be, I want you to see that Jesus is doing this for you. Thank you for giving that to me. Well, give your thanks to Jesus because he sent me. He's in me. He's with me. He brought this to you. It's yours because of him, not me. It's yours because he influenced this action. Mm -hmm. He called me to it. It's really him who deserves the credit. So it's a way to live is what we're talking about. It's not a way to live. It's not like a way to live could be a many, I could be a vegetarian. I could be a hiker. It's my way of life. Okay, I my could, wife doesn't agree with me. No, no, it's it's way more than a way yeah. of life. I mean, it's like that. It is more. Those yeah. words don't. I don't think those word give, words give them the, the 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 strength of what it really is. Well, I think being chapter one is it's where you begin. Is you decide I want to live this way. Okay. I want this to be my That's mode. A good decision. And the truth is, you don't know how, mm-hmm. and I don't know how. I didn't know how. And it's like, how far do I want to take this? Mm-hmm. And so you have to stand at the edge and you have to decide, do I want to take it all the way? Yeah. Or do I just want, you know, a nice little Christian life that has me in a cottage in the corner with the nice white picket fence and no one bothers me and I don't bother anybody? (laughs) Or do you want to be like him who bothered everybody to the point where he got him so mad at him they wanted to kill him? Yeah. And it's like, it's very decisional. You have to stop, drop, and make a decision. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be in his likeness? Do you want to be a Christian? And when you read the Bible, is there really room for you not to want to be like him? Mm. Or is that the purpose he came to the earth for, was to give us the power to be just like him? Paul said you're being conformed into the image of God's son. The whole idea is that we're conformed. We are, we are remade, brand new. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
made brand new. Jesus said, carrying the cross, I behold, I make all things brand new. You used uh, an image in your somewhere in the intro about how the idea of being the vicar of Christ is individual to us, but it's also corporate as a each church, right? So it should become a representative of Christ. Could you expand on the idea of the the sort of like it's it, it is me, but it's also the whole church coming together to create this picture like so i think my reason for wanting to highlight that is the you know we talked about in modern church societies the idea that the pastor is the one that's that has to be the vicar and i don't so can you kind of broaden the idea of each and every believer whether you became you know you've been in church forever or you're new or you're rich or poor or whoever you are you know it's it's elementary it's like kindergarten and and i would say that all of us and i'm not picking anybody it's all of us <laughs> that have made the stupidity of passing this over. Mm. But Paul says it. He talks about it in depth. About what? About the body of Christ. Mm. And the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of you. Mm. But every piece has a function and a purpose. And, and really what he's describing is Christ. The church is the bride of Christ, not me. Mm. And if I'm not in the church, I'm not the bride of Christ. And the church, if I don't allow the church to become the body I operate, if I, it's like, you know, the, the transformer pieces of Optimus Prime, you know. You put this on him and this on him and this on him and this on him, he becomes a robot. You put, do it this way, he becomes a truck. So what do you want to become? I'm a truck that wants to be a robot or I'm a, I'm a, a human being that wants to be a Christ. So in myself, by myself, I have to have components that are very vicar-like. I should be trying with all my heart to become vicar-like. But if my church isn't, if all the members of my church aren't, then I'm not going to ever achieve the kind of vicarness or the kind of Christness that he achieved. I'm not going to do the greater things than he did, that he promised. But if I take 100 people and we're all trying to be in his likeness and we're all trying to be what he created us to be, at that point, I believe then, even though I can do all the gifts, I won't have to do all the gifts. I can be good at one and you can be good at another. And we, as a body, will get it all done. We'll get them prophesied to. We'll get them healed. We'll get them taught. We'll get them, we'll get them uh, fixed up. We'll get them all edified, encouraged, yeah. all these things. Yeah. We'll get everything done because there's many of us and there's many hands working with all of our might to be in his likeness with intentionality mm. trying to be like him mm-hmm. on purpose really and good. trying to eliminate those things that are not like him on purpose yeah it's really on good purpose so just if you're listening today I, I just felt like it's important to make that point that no matter who you are or how insignificant you think that you might be you are called to represent christ and be part of the the body of christ and you know whether you think you're a a little toe or you think that you're in an it's eye really or anything good. in between you're necessary in in this plan of god to use us to represent him to the earth and to quote vicky again from the intro you, you were saying that we are the only jesus that somebody might see right so Correct. you know he's not walking on the earth anymore so our lives represent him and something steve often says is most people that reject god haven't actually met, met jesus him. they've mm-hmm. met us and you know, and the responsibility, but, right. right? 
Yep. But I'm always I'm always um, kind of touched by the responsibility that me as a Christian and a disciple yeah. and trying to be a vicar, I have responsibility for you, yeah. I you know, or and for Steve and every person I come in contact to represent to, the choice of being a vicar um, representation on this earth. We have responsibility. Jesus had responsibility. It, he just didn't live his life and and just caution to win so that makes me want to look more and act more like christ because it's it's a heavy responsibility you know and i don't just think we go to church and that's all that's then we're done when we're saved because i read the new testament and that's not what he says so i think i think um encouraging people this year to to read the new testament four times through would be really good to read some of these things because i'm i think that i think in my travels people i've met I'm not sure they know exactly what Jesus has said. I think there's a confusion out there regarding like what, what is Christianity? Because yeah. I believe because I said a, a prayer. I asked Jesus into my life in 1979. I'm a Christian. No, I don't think so. I think it's a choice that we make every day to be the representation of Jesus on, on the earth. It's really good. And it's impossible to be like him if we don't even know what he said. Or it would be pass, impossible to be like Jesus if we don't know what he said. That's really that's a that's a bumper sticker. That's really good. Thank you so much for joining us for this first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, that was exploring chapter one of the book, In His Likeness by Steve Rossillo. If you haven't read the book or don't have a copy, you can purchase one on Amazon. Uh, I will put the link in the podcast description. And, on, uh, and we hope that you enjoy this new season. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate, review, and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.